Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the art of music. And we're here with a brand new season. This series is all about the crossroads where music and visual art meet on the Weirder Together Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, a diehard music fan and an illustrator for bands. I've been creating album covers and designing posters for bands like King Crimson, Ben Folds, and many more. In each of our episodes, I speak with bands and musicians with their visual art counterparts together about the art of music and creative collaboration. We're talking album artwork, posters, stage shows, and collaborations for music videos, TV and film, and so much more. In this episode, we're joined by two of Seattle's finest, Americana singer-songwriter Sarah Cahoon and artist Zach Bolton. Sarah played drums with the adored indie rock group Carissa's Weird and later with Band of Horses, one of my favorite groups. She went on to release four solo records, two on Sub Pop, and in 2019 got a gold record for her work with Band of Horses. She's toured with Indigo Girls and Dave Matthews, and you might have heard Sarah on KEXP or NPR's Tiny Desk concert series, or featured in the pages of Elle magazine. Her music is stunning. It's bittersweet, and it's grounded in folk tradition, with beautiful musicianship and soaring lovelorn lyrics. Hit play on Sarah as soon as you can, and you'll be so happy you did. Zach Bulletin is an illustrator, photographer, and coffee and record shop owner at Porchlight. You'll hear the origin story of how his retail endeavor accidentally led him into a career as a poster artist, designer, and illustrator, and he hasn't looked back since, working with the likes of Death Cab for Cutie, New Pornographers, Olivia Rodrigo, Jawbreaker, The Head and the Heart, and of course, today's guest and the focus of today's episode, The Art of Sarah Cahoon. Stay tuned for a great conversation about design, music, unexpected creative adventures, and collaborations between friends with Zach and Sarah. All right, let's get started. Zach and Sarah, welcome to Making Ways the Art of Music. Thanks for having us. Nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. You both live in Seattle. Are you in Seattle today? Yes. Yes. Zach, I think you're from Seattle originally, born and raised? Yeah, I grew up about 20 minutes from here. Okay. And Sarah, you're from Colorado originally, or you were just living in Colorado before? Uh, no, I grew up in Colorado, but I've moved to Seattle in 98, so kind of like half my okay. life at this point. Yeah, yeah. So it, it feels like home to you both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So how did you two first start working together? How did you meet initially? Well, we have a lot of mutual friends, and I think the original connection, was it Tomo? I think it was Tomo, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably was Tomo Nakayama. Uh, And I just, I mean, I have always seen Zach's, you know, posters. I always see his art and, like, didn't really know him very well. I can't remember the first time I actually met you. I feel like maybe it was when I went to your coffee shop or something. We were just chatting. Well, and Sarah's name in music is known around the city. So it's easy once we met in person to make a bunch of connections and realize that we a know a bunch of the same people and have kind of lived parallel without actually meeting for a few years and then finally did years ago. 
And you mentioned the coffee shop. So Zach, I know your backstory with design is pretty interesting in that you went ahead and started this coffee shop and created, out of kind of a lack of money and resources, you created all the branding and all the artwork around the coffee shop. And then that brought you into doing design for bands and musicians and and now companies. Talk to me a little bit about how you got to design, which is kind of a unique path. Yeah. It's a pretty weird one. Like when I was younger, I played in bands, mostly like DIY bands that never did much other than like occasional two week tours and things like that. So sometimes I did design for like my band or some shows we played, but they were looking back. I found a few of them and they're, I'm glad that they are hidden and hard to find because they're pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, I, op- I opened uh Porchlight coffee shop in 2009 and I had some people help with like little design things here and there but there was no budget for anything so I was working seven days a week in the shop and if I needed to make you know a physical or a digital poster of some kind I just wound up doing it and even a lot of those from back then were still not things I really want to see the light of day again but then progressively it just gave me more reason to practice and kind of get better. And then as years went on, different companies or different bands would start asking me to do stuff. And then it spread to be, you know, getting a few emails almost a day from different clients that I've never met before that are further removed. So it just kind of progressed that way. Did you have an inkling of art and design as like a kid or a teenager or anything? Or did you just start? at that point there's like a tiny connection in that when i was a kid i would spend a lot of time drawing you know a lot of baseball drawings but then probably the funniest was that i would draw cd covers which were mostly 90s r&b so i would like draw (laughs) a montel jordan (laughs) cd (laughs) cover a boys to men things like that but even when i was in high school i had no thought that I'd wind up in design just really progressed with the shop to becoming two full-time jobs of running a coffee shop and then now designing full-time for other people and other companies and still doing all the design for the shop itself too. That's amazing. Is it a record shop or record label as well? Both. So the label part is super small. It's like on the spectrum of what makes a label, it's like the smallest where, you know, I'll essentially pay to put out the vinyl for different bands. They get free records and don't have to pay up front. And then we do all the mail order and everything like that. So it's a really small label that it's mostly bands that I already have some sort of relationship with. And then the shop also sells records like a miniature record store in a section of the whole coffee shop. That sounds perfect. It sounds like so much fun. Sarah, did you know the shop before you knew Zach? Yeah, I was always like, oh, that place looks so cute. And like, it has such great coffee. And it's like, so cool. You know, I'm a barista as well. So I work at coffee shops and have worked at coffee shops. And I feel like I randomly remember emailing you, Zach, and being like, hey, do you need a barista? Like before we (laughs) maybe kind of know each other, but you like didn't. So, I mean, it's just, it's such a cool coffee shop. And Sarah, you've been playing music since you were a little kid? Pretty much, 11. Well, if you count the saxophone, that's probably like, (laughs) you know, I started 
when I was sixth grade with saxophone, which I hated immensely. But Wh- which sax was it? Alto. That's what I played. I, it was alto. Yeah. Nice, nice, <laughs> classic. Um, but yeah, I started playing with drums. I started when I was ten or eleven. Drums is it was like kind of the first passion yeah. instrument, and yeah. I mean that's what you you know grew into playing with bands like Chris is Weird and Band of Horses. Yeah, I mean it's my main instrument. It's like I feel like a drummer mainly, but I'm also sing and play guitar. But drums is just yeah, it's like my natural instrument that I perfected as a young kid, I guess. Yeah, and when did writing your own songs and singing come into play? It was kind of like in high school. I, you know, my mom would always have a guitar laying around. My brother kind of could play, and so I, I just kind of slowly would teach myself some chords. I really never wanted to be a singer. You know, I felt like drums just you got to a certain point where it just felt a little limiting. You know, where you always had to rely on everybody else. And I don't know. I just would watch what people were doing, and then I started to just slowly write songs and sing. It hasn't been easy. But, you know, that really just started to take over because of everybody's like reaction. Like the feedback I was getting was just really cool. I mean, I still do both. I love drums. I mean, they're like my baby. But yeah, you can only like do so much. I just got sick of having to always rely on other people. And I was like, how can I do both? And like, I don't know. Here I am. Are you playing in, in bands and touring exclusively on drums and then still working on your solo work? Not as No, I'm not really touring on drums. I play around town. I play in like a blues band and I've played on some recent records and done stuff like that. But I mean, if some band asked me, I would definitely be open to the idea because <laughs> it's just fun. I love it. Yeah. For your own records, are you always playing drums? Are you playing all the instruments or are you, are you bringing in players? On my last record from where I started, that is all me. You know, I did have a band on a couple of my records, Only the Days Long and Deer Creek Canyon. I played a little bit on both of those, but not really. It was my other drummer. And then my first record, I played drums as well, but mainly drums, you know, and acoustic guitar, obviously, but I didn't really, I don't really play too many other things. I could do them okay, but much rather have other people playing. Yeah. And in terms of visuals for the bands that you've been in and your solo work, when does that start to come into play about, you know, the visual world you want to create for the album cover and for the posters, like the work you do with Zach? Or is, does that come kind of all the way at the end? Or are you thinking as you're conceiving of the stories and the songs, kind of how you want it to land visually with the world? I think that that usually comes in last in a way. At least that's how it's worked. Because I, you know, like, what is this record going to be about? Or what are we hearing in this record? Or even like, sometimes I just want to give that to somebody else or just be like, what do you feel in this? Or I don't know. Yeah, I am not artistically. It's just not. No one wants that. I mean, I could take a picture maybe. But okay. <laughs> so Zach, what's been your experience working with Sarah on the posters that you all have, have done together? Has she... I mean, you're familiar with the music and you just kind of like go to town or are you kind of trading ideas in advance or sharing sketches? It's funny. We don't typically like every once in a while, she'll, you know, send me a message and just be like, here's like a very vague theme or like I'm playing a show. I think it was a, maybe the tractor, which is, you know, somewhat, you know, they have indie shows, they have country shows. And she had said, like, so maybe like a Western bar themed kind of (laughs) or something like that. But typically, I think she and I just have like a pretty good understanding about 
where to go and like i think there's been maybe one time over the years where i just like had an idea that wasn't really it was probably just an idea not something necessarily that should have been a poster where she was like i don't know this isn't really what i was picturing and i'm like yeah you're right that was (laughs) but other than that we just kind of see eye to eye on a lot of stuff so she kind of knows what to expect from me and I kind of know what she wants for like a poster design. How would you describe your aesthetic, Zach? Because I think, you know, the best poster artists, the best artists out there, you can kind of see their mark in it, you know, and, and at the same time, they can kind of translate the language of the band, of the musician into the visual world. But I think your work really kind of bridges those two of seeing your unique hand and, and bringing out the music. How would you describe it? What inspiration do you have? I see a lot of old like movie posters in there for sure. Yeah, like most people that would look at my work can pretty clearly see that it's influenced from like different decades, especially like the 50s and 60s. And like I have a lot of interest in kind of highbrow and lowbrow design from back then. So like you know, kind of the goofy, kitschy stuff, but then I'm also, you know, into photography and architecture. So it's like combining the high design with like a lot of old advertising posters from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, especially a lot of the older French illustrators. So it's like kind of a weird combo of things a little bit, but it's overall, I'd say the easiest influence is just like mid-century poster art is probably the best descriptor of the influence. Yeah. And when you started to get more deeply into the work, did you, I don't know, start researching and buying books and kind of drawing inspiration in, in what you were seeing? Yeah. So like my dad is a, he's collected things my whole life, but he's also a historical nonfiction author, which growing up, wasn't very interesting to me as a teenager. (laughs) And then now we cross paths on a lot of things, but like his big interest was the 1962 Seattle world's fair because he went as a kid and his dad worked there. So I grew up surrounded by all these things that have all of the, for the most part, like fairly what I described as like lowbrow sixties, you know, like bar napkins kind of, illustration and some legitimate art from back then too but so that was a big influence and then now yeah i have countless books and then actual literal posters from the 50s and 60s and kind of all of these weird little collections of things where i kind of draw influence and make sure i'm not stealing anything just because i'm influenced by it but yeah that's kind of where it all comes from and are you hand drawing? Are you drawing on a, a tablet or iPad? How do you actually create? For years, I was doing the most time consuming, which would be like a pencil sketch and then ink on top of that and then scanning it and then coloring in Photoshop, like bootlegged Photoshop until <laughs> right. they started requiring the cloud. So now I use everything's drawn on a tablet and then all the type and text, everything is done on the computer. So it's like a combo of the two. Okay. Do you use Procreate? That's what I'm yeah. using. Okay. And then Illustrator? I still am not great at Illustrator. I primarily just do all of my type 
and everything and some like finishing texture things in Photoshop. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So we're talking about inspiration. Sarah, when you're writing and you know working on your albums and your songs, where are you drawing inspiration from? Are you journaling? Are you kind of creating music and then writing lyrics from it? I always write the song like, you know, I come up with a part and I'll sing over it. I don't quite know what I'm singing. And then I just, you know, I'll come up with a chorus that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like lyrically, a lot of times then I have to figure out what's this song about? Like, where did that chorus come from that I just sang? I do things like that take a long time, (laughs) sometimes too long, but it's just like this process of like, oh, that's really weird chorus. Okay. You know, it takes me a while to make sense of what exactly this song is about, but sometimes they genuinely can come out really quickly, which is always the best. Honestly, like I write a lot. It seems like when it's sunny and like beautiful and like, you know, even I'll write the saddest, most depressing song. I'm usually the sunniest, most beautiful day and when I'm the happiest. So (laughs) it's I don't really understand it. So it's just like a little bit all over the place for me, really. So you have the music and then you, will you do like the uh, the mumble track with a melody to it? Yeah. I hear a lot of artists talk about that. Yes. Yeah, that's like my thing. I do that forever. A lot of times words will come out of those mumbles that I would have never thought of. And then sometimes I go with that and I have to make things fit that way. So it makes <laughs> <Right>. it longer. Um, <laughs> or sometimes I'm like, okay, I know now I know what I want to write about. And so I'll just start writing things about, you know, whatever I'm writing about. and. Some things will fit, some things won't. I read Jeff Tweedy's book, How to Write One Song. Yeah. He talks all about kind of what you were describing, that kind of mumble track and the same things that sometimes the words will just just flow out. Totally. I think that's such a great way to just not even deal with any blockage. You're just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get something out that I know and acknowledges nonsense to begin with, but I'm gonna see how it flows. And I'll do things that's kind of interesting. If I forget about a song and I just kind of record it on my phone or whatever, and I'll just, you know, obviously I don't have any words, but I'll have mumbling. So I'll hear little things. And then sometimes like when I forget about it, I'll like just start playing that song again and I'll do it again. And it's totally different. So it's just like, sometimes like the combo of just letting your brain do things of how this song is feeling and then words coming out it's still like such a confusing process, honestly, like half the time I'm like, how am I a songwriter? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like but, when you go to sit, sit down and, and write, are you like, how did I, how did I write these? Yeah. You know? Sometimes I'm like, why can't I just be like, I'm going to write all these lyrics and then I'm going to put the lyrics to a song. Like that just seems so much easier in these ways, but you know, <laughs> it's just not, that's why it's so great. Cause it's just whatever comes out of my soul and body when it decides to come out, you know? Yeah. So you don't have that dedicated time of like, hey, I write every morning, blah, blah, blah. You kind of write when you feel like it. Yeah. I go through phases when I do that. And then I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then I just, you know, I need to go do something else. Like, 
you know, I work at a coffee shop still. My good friends own it. It's just like, you know, it's so great to go to work and just do something totally different than music. And, and then I'll come home, play the guitar and do different things. But if I just force myself to be like, okay, I'm going to write all day. Like, no, that's just not how I work. I don't know. Comes out randomly. Zach, when you're coming up with concepts, do you do little thumbnail sketches and, and different ideas and share it with the artists and kind of choose one? Or do you do a similar thing where you just kind of like, here's the blank page. I'm going to start on this poster. I'm not sure what journey it's going to take me on. Yeah, I don't have a great like regimented system at, at all. And different clients have different ideas of like, typically if someone asks for like sketches, I feel like a lot of the time the sketches wouldn't really represent what the final thing will actually look like. So a lot of the time I'll just kind of describe it via text in an email and give them a few options. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the time the ideas are just kind of goofy ones that maybe something I was reading in a book sparked it or something I saw in like an old advertising poster. And then it led me to a different direction that was kind of similarly goofy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, there's not a super clear path. And a lot of the time I would say I would try to start like a sketch and then I'll wind up writing an email the next day that's like, hey, I know I owe you a sketch, but here's actually a finished poster. And if you don't <laughs> like it, just tell me because I got carried away and went a little <laughs> further than I told you I would. But yeah, so it varies a little bit. And they're probably like, okay, that's what I want. They probably loved it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it it works out pretty often. It's gotten to the point these days, too, where people will kind of write to me because they have seen other posters that I've done and they're like, I trust you to do this. But every once in a while, there are still people that are clients that I wonder what work of mine they've seen because I'll show them options and then they're like, hey, can you actually do this? And I'm like, there are a lot of other people that can do that and do that very well. Like, I'm not really the guy for that. But uh, for the most part, I'm super lucky in that 90 something percent of the time, it's just like a super smooth, easy thing. Most of the time based on prior work that I've done that people are like, I like that one. Do something like that. I wanted to ask you both because, Zach, I mean, you've done work with Sarah. You've worked with Death Cab for Cutie. I know you did uh, Olivia Rodrigo poster, Head in the Heart, and Sarah, you know, we mentioned already Chris is Weird and Band of Horses and your solo work. So you all have done some amazing, you know, creative collaborations for both of you, I guess, on the side of visual art, Zach and Sarah on, on music and, you know, the art of the music together. What are the qualities that really stand out for you in a, a strong creative collaboration? When has it worked really well? And and when is it really kind of grinding and you you're looking for the exit? You know, I mean, for me, I haven't had too many awful experiences, I guess, with people in general. I've been pretty lucky. I've never had a poster that's like I've just been super disappointed in. I mean, especially with Zach's. I mean, I've loved, I guess I didn't like one thing, but I don't remember (laughs) that as well. Um, But he's like, I feel like he's a lot of times like he just surprises me where I'm like, wow, I never would have thought about that. Like, I, I remember you did one when I played Numos, like, years and years and years ago. And it's, like, me, like, I'm wearing a jacket and there's, like, a pink background and it says my name on the back. And I was just like, that is so 
freaking great. I love it. You know, like, yeah, his lines are just so clean and it's so clear as that, you know, you want posters to be clear of like the time, what's happening, who's playing like, and Zach always just nails everything to where it just looks so good. I mean, all of his posters. What about on the music making side when you're creating music with other musicians, what's kind of worked well or, or, or what are the qualities that have worked well in the collaborations there? Yeah. I mean, I've really played with a lot of the same people that I've played with on all my records. I mean, my last record, I kind of swayed off and brought in some other musicians, but you know, most of my band was still involved. I just haven't really played with people that, that I don't gel with, I guess, or, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I guess I'm, I just feel pretty lucky of the people that I surround myself with and like play with and collaborate with. Like everyone brings their own energy and ideas, you know, like that I never would have thought of. That's the great thing in collaborating. And Zach, what about you on the art side? What qualities have kind of worked well in your creative collaborations with musicians and with your clients? I think the trust that a client has in me to kind of, you know, use experience, because I have experience in, you know, designing for businesses, designing for like my own business, where you know, it's like, hey, this will work. And I know it's like kind of goofy, but like this is maybe a print that people want on their wall, but then also being able to take criticism and take corrections without being an artist about it, which, you know, it's hard sometimes when if you make something, you're like, oh, I fully back this. This is great. And then you send it off, you're waiting for that email and someone's like, oh, it's really cool, but, and to not be offended by it and just right. be like, but I would say the, the only time there's ever like a really frustrating issue is typically when there are too many cooks in the kitchen and there are like multiple levels of people. So maybe my contact, there've been a couple times, usually with businesses, not bands, where my point of contact is like, oh, this is awesome. I love it. And then sometimes their higher ups or their coworkers who are often of a different age or a different taste will be like, they didn't really get it. Could you try this? Which happens. It's kind of inevitable when you're working design or any sort of business for clients. It's just kind of inevitable and it happens. But I would say the kind of ongoing people that I work with like Sarah or Death Cab or Head in the Heart or certain venues, it is just kind of a like a trusting thing. And yeah, like trusting the visuals, but also trusting that it represents the show or the tour or the bands well enough. And just looking ahead to the future for the both of you, Zach, do you imagine just kind of continuing on? Is it kind of two tracks, the art and the coffee shop record store like full-time full speed i've described my constant to-do list as almost like you know those wind tunnels where people contestants are trying to grab cash I'm like <laughs> that's my those are all of my to-do lists just floating around <laughs> yeah. so at, you know at, at some point i've been doing the coffee shop i've owned it for 14 years and at some point down the road i need to narrow it down a little bit. And I think eventually at some point down the road, I don't know how many years this is, but we'll just be designing 
just because, you know, the to-do list would shrink by about a thousand items if I was just doing design work for other clients and then for like the online store that we do through Porchlight. So that's the eventual track, but there's no plan as to whether that's 20 years total of Porchlight or 25 or 18. It's, it's at some point down the road. That's great. Yeah, and I know with Porchlight, you do these beautiful annuals of your photography and there's merch there so there's that online business as well yeah like i've published a few books that are kind of design related none of which are illustration based they're all like photography and then i actually it's not fully announced yet but i'm working with an architectural preservation organization to do a book of a photographer from Seattle of his work from the 50s and 60s that'll be out probably this year. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, there there are a lot of spinning plates and <laughs> wind tunnel money to-do lists. But um, yeah, the, the design stuff is these days, it's more fulfilling than, you know, doing management, accounting, design, and working in the shop. And Sarah, I want to ask about kind of what's ahead for you. Are you thinking about a new batch of songs? Are you thinking about a new record? What's happening for you on the music front? Yeah, I mean, I have like a bunch of songs, you know, I just need to like finish them. The (laughs) pandemic was rough um, for everyone. I think for me, I just was like, you know, I worked at this coffee shop that it's cute because Zach actually, we worked together because we're close. And they're two good friends of mine. He actually has an amazing sweatshirt that just says coffee and records that's beautifully done. And I, I was like, Zach, can you please, can we borrow that? I'm changing the subject. I'll get back. But can, can you can you do like for gay pride, can you do coffee and queers? Because like we're very queer friendly at this coffee shop. And it's so it's his design on our T-shirt. It's just cute. Like we're called Squirrel Chops if you ever come. But so, yeah, I have been writing a lot to get back to that. I'm getting closer. I've been doing some producing as well. So I have this woman named Margot Silker. Her record's coming out, the second record coming out this year. So that's like been really fulfilling for me, like put on a producing hat and kind of, you know, I played all the drums on it as well. And kind of, you know, she's like 29, 30. I can't remember exactly how old she is, but just seeing younger people, I don't know, like where I was at that time and kind of helping them move along, but also just like producing is really something I think that I want to pursue more and more if people want me to, of course. What is it about producing that draws you in? Is it like the seeing the big picture? Or? Yeah, I'm really good at kind of taking songs and, and or hearing things like just, you know, if it's like a just, you know, guitar and vocals, like I kind of like took the songs and, you know, figured out like what the drums would be. And and then, I don't know, I like to keep things simple in a way to not have too much stuff on, on a song. I think I just have a really good ear and I'm learning more and more about how that process goes about. Obviously you need a good engineer because I'm not a good engineer. Like I'm okay, but to make things sound good, but I think it's just, it's just really, it's been a really cool growing experience of like, Oh, I think this is something I, like might do more and more or or I would like to. So I have that kind of in the future. I have some bigger shows this summer, this year, and hopefully finish another record, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at. 
Sarah, Zach, this was so wonderful. I really, really appreciate the both of you, the work that you make. Sarah, your music is beautiful. And Zach, your artwork is incredible. And yeah, just really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe if you dig what we're doing here on this independent podcast. Rate the show, share it with friends, colleagues, and creatives in your life. Visit makingwayspodcast.com to learn about our guests, see the exclusive artwork I illustrated that goes along with this episode, and support what we're doing so we can continue to bring you amazing new episodes at the crossroads where art and music meet. Making Ways is created, hosted, and illustrated by me, Rob Goodman. Audio engineering is by Brian Paik at Pacific Audio. You can find us on Instagram at making.ways. And if you have a project that brings together music and art, I'd love to work together. Hit me up at rob at makingways.co. And check out more of my artwork at robgoodmanart.com. Be well and see you soon. Thanks so much again for listening to Making Ways, the art of music.